Folks, to episode 77 of The Morgue, an official Corpse Feed podcast. And as always, I'm the guy behind the face, Arturo Padilla, and with me is Mr. Nick Valdez. Howdy, Tex. What's going on, buddy? Oh, man. Howdy, everybody. Arturo, like, we we have been, like, it, it's wild because in the last string of weeks, we've been talking about directors doing their own thing, you know, and creators yeah. who've been doing their own thing. And, like, one of the biggest we've talked about in the past is Mike Flanagan and how we're both Mike Flanagan fanboys. You yeah, know what I mean? Listen, listen, yeah, for a long time. Nope. Yeah, because he's got that track record and he has yet to disappoint. And uh, hopefully he's not going to disappoint because uh, we just got the trailer for his new Netflix show, Midnight Mass. So this one... It doesn't look to be adapted off of anything. It looks to be like a, a completely original story. I think that's why it's like it's just a teaser trailer, but it's like this small town. There's this murder mystery already, or it's like religious horror, or maybe not. Yeah, like, I, it, it looks like a little bit of everything you you just said, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, religious horror. It looks a little bit like a murder mystery. It looks like some ghost shit going on as well. And dudes. You know me, man. Anything this guy does, I'm down for it. I am hoping he does bring it a little bit when it comes to, like, the horror punch. Yes. I don't just want one scene or or one or two sprinkled in. I, I want to see some, you know, you know, I want to see some Mike Flanagan shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, admittedly, the other two projects that he did, granted, they were great in quality, um, but they didn't really have that oomph that i really like to see um from my mike flanagan films um and i'm hoping he actually brings it this time you know i'm curious to see the length of the of the show if it's four if it's six if it's eight it's probably gonna be eight maybe like i think his his usual is usually eight right yeah but now that you're saying it like a four episode show would be dope like just a like a big limited movie kind of thing yeah or like or like six episodes would be perfect like maybe seven I think that's what it is. I just miss his movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. His, his, like I said, his shows, like, they're not my absolute 100% favorite, but they're up there in quality of horror and in quality of just production. But, you know, I like, I like the Mike Flanagan movies. Like, I think his ideas, thinking about it just right now, his ideas seem to be more impactful in that two-hour setting than, like, in an eight-episode show. Um, I'm not saying that the ideas kind of go off the rails or, like, get boring or anything like that. It's just that I think his more impactful um, stories that he can tell, like, lie in the realm of a movie vehicle instead of a show, um, only well, because he can just kind of blow his load right there in two hours instead of having to stretch that shit out, you know? Yeah, like, speaking to that, like, uh, brevity is, like, one of the strongest aspects of horror, right? Like, you know, that's why the shows, like, Hill House is, like, this 
Hill House is, is this haunting horror, but because it's so long, you know, there's no like central mystery to the horror. And then when you finally get the reveal, you're like, oh, it's part of this grander narrative, which is good. Yes. Yeah, but at the same time, it loses that horror aspect. And then yeah. with Bly, with Bly Manor, with Bly Manor, as we talked about, it's like it starts out with this gothic horror idea, but then it's like, oh no, it's a gothic romance. Yeah, you know, tinged tinged with these horror ideas. So I get what you're saying. Like, I I also want like a more impactful short horror story from him. Yeah, you know, but like, I, I uh, think that's what it is, right? Like we want we want originals, but we also want like. Those hard hitting, fast getting get out original. I mean, perfect example is Fear Street. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there we go. You want to yeah. tell a story like that? Like, you know, I don't mind you giving me three little movies. You know what I mean? Like, yes, just like yes. do what you can in that realm of that um of that time space, and then just just fucking throw everything you got into those two hours. You know what I mean? Because after that, it's that it is what it is. You know, like, but a show, you got to, like, watch 45 minutes and then, or, like, watch the hour and a half pilot, right? And then you got to watch episode two and then you got to keep going and keep going. You're like, and by the time you're in, in, you know, by the time you're mid-series, you're like, fuck it, I'm already, I know too much about these characters to just drop it right now. So, fuck it, let me see how this just ends. And usually you're like, okay, cool. With his stuff, like, you're usually never kind of disappointed i was a little disappointed with um with hill house only because i expected some more fucking you know in your face shit that was the first time he kind of put out something that was a little tame in my opinion but then you know with blind manor as you said at first with gothic i'm like okay it looks like a a a crimson uh peak kind of thing you know yeah like it was it was tame but then like it was intentionally so like he steered more into the tame side of it yeah yeah and made that the story right it made that the hook so yeah there there it's a little more not forgivable but more like okay i can see like i'm i can I'm okay with this more so than yeah. Like I get what you're saying because yeah, so it, it was lo- less disappointing. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. But you know what? Like I said, you know, you got that golden ticket, Mister Flanagan. So you can kind of you know do what you want artistically, and I'll always be down to see what's up. It's like. Yeah. Uh, what I say when I listen to Slipknot and when I talk to people about Slipknot, it's like, yeah, you know, they were super, super heavy when they first uh, came out, but then, you know, they bloomed artistically. And, and but then I always give them a pass. I'm like, yo, you, you gave me all this good shit in the past, so I can always go back and revisit that if it, I want to. Dude, now you can just express yourself as as you wish, you know? It all goes back to the Metallica argument, right? Yep. It's <laughs> yes, like, exactly. You, where it's like, you know what? You can say what you want about Metallica's new stuff and their career past a certain exactly. point. Exactly. But, you but go, it's like... You, dude, you always go back have, to the 80s shit and that's yes. it. You're good. You're good. Yeah, like good. Flanagan, he can do whatever he wants. He's got a blank check from us, basically, because he's like, he's already done Hush. He's already done Doctor Sleep. So oh it's yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. Like we've already gotten gold. So so if he wants to put out a silver, okay. Like you know exactly. what I mean? Like but also in that respect, Tex, um, I have to say I always do 
expect a lot from him when he does yeah, do it, something. It, we always still want gold, right? You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Because, like, you know, it's like it's like back in the day with Michael Phelps in the Olympics. This is a perfect contest since, since the Olympics just finished yeah, up, right? right? Like, you know, um, you expect them to fucking win that gold all the time, all the time. But then, you know, at times... They get that silver and they're like, you know what, uh, whatever. You know, they're cool because, you know, they know it was just one race. You know, it's probably the same thing with uh, with Mr. Flanagan, you know, like um, he's done all this stuff in the past. Gold, gold, gold. And then, you know, he he has a silver over here. He has a silver over there. You know, um, I need a gold again, Mr. Flanagan. Just yeah. like I love you, but I kind of need a gold again. Um, I'm honestly I'm putting it out there. And right I'm not expecting this series to be a gold. Um, I, I, I'm expecting him to give me a gold with his next movie. Um, I also think, um, he's ripe for like a franchise, man. Give him something that needs to be rebooted. Like give him fucking, uh, give him a nightmare on Elm street. You know what I mean? Like, I think he can do a heck of a fucking job with nightmare on Elm street. Like I'm not a huge fan of Freddy, but I'm a huge fan of the first nightmare on Elm street movie. It's it movies fucking it's it's way up there in terms of quality and just pace and just kind of yeah in the, terms of just being a horror movie and right? being like, a fucking almost perfect horror movie yeah like a craven's finest legit and i think uh flanagan can definitely do something with that i think he needs to um again he's been doing a lot of original shit a uh, doctor sleep even um yes it was it came from a book but you can even call that as something of an original kind of um a visual idea on screen because we never even thought we would get uh, you know that on screen ever God, you, you know you're right though because like seeing what he did in doctor sleep like the kind of visual stuff he pulled off like yes. imagining what he do with like an elm street or yes, like, a, like, uh, or like a Hellraiser, even like a. Dude, I was just gonna say Hellraiser too. Like with something like wild something, like that, give him yeah. a franchise that needs a, a reinvigoration. Um, and those two that we just mentioned, a Nightmare on Elm Street and Hellraiser, are two perfect ones where he can just kind of you know go wild because these stories also, even though the concepts around those two are crazy, um, you need to have somebody who can be able to rein it in and actually be able to organize all those crazy thoughts man because it's a it's a crazy environment in both of those two and that dream world that freddy has and then with the hellraiser shit with the cenobites like Mm. crazy Mm. wild shit that can easily get out of hand um but i think he has that touch and that mind to be able to organize those thoughts i mean look at dr sleep dude it's we even to watch the fucking the director's cut which was way longer and we were like yo this is fucking great bro it was even better yeah we (laughs) were like wow like yeah (laughs) so i I have no doubt that he would be able to you know do something like that dude you know dude you know it'd be great be awesome if he was the one to restart the scream franchise oh Bro, <sighs> dude, man, oh uh, man, I, 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 that means that I can't wait for that new scream coming out, man. I know we we talk about it like here and there, like it's coming out in 2022, so it's gonna Fuck. be a long. Is it time. early 2022 or late 2022? I think it's like summer 2022. Also, uh, right? it has to be. Like, That's when usually all those screams came out back in the day. Yeah, like I'm willing to wait, but I'm gonna need a poster or like a. I need like a. I need a trailer. I just give me a teaser, man. Give they have something. to release like 
the the beginning of the movie like the pre-credit scene you know you know uh, <laughs> which yeah. is usually the big celebrity death dude yeah. you know let's say you put gail weathers answering the phone you know dude, or, it, oh dude oh god i don't i don't want it man <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get it right like ooh, i'm excited for that but like but yeah like putting a cap on this flanagan thing it just give them a franchise or give them like give them more adaptations but yeah. not like let it before he turns into a Shyamalan you know before he turns into like a oh I'm doing so many originals I can't see what's good or bad about my originals anymore you know what I mean like we just luckily, got the, luckily got he the, has <laughs> a lot of like honestly he, he has a lot of collaborators he, right? he hasn't like, had a dud yet in terms of like his output of quality um right I'm not saying in horror scale because, like I mentioned before, the series I think it could have been a little bit more um, scarier. But um, in terms of his um, his quality of output, or yeah, um, like it's it's up there, dude. He hasn't had a dud like because even right. if I didn't like Hill House, other people fucking loved it. Yeah, you know what I mean. That shit was huge. Yeah, yeah. it was huge, and I'm like, damn. It's like I kind of don't get it. You know what I mean? But like. I, Good for you, Flanagan. You know what I mean? Yeah, Meaning that's why it, it he's... wasn't. It wasn't that wasn't that project in particular wasn't meant for me. It was for somebody else. Yeah, you know? that's how he ended up getting two like two more fucking shows with yeah. Netflix. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yeah, like he he's doing the right thing to to like to somebody. If not always yeah. to us, it's to somebody. So yeah. um yeah so let's not put him in that M Night category um anytime yeah, and soon. And also M. Night, Flanagan. Flanagan works a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, and and Flanagan works with other people. You know, other people who can tell him like when something's a little funky or like you know, and that only works by himself. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Flanagan seems to be very receptive to um, his collaborators, to his fans, to you know the times, you know the stories out there, (laughs) the history. You know, fucking. uh, Oh my god, he he just seems to. He seems to be on it, all right. So I'm just, I'm just more this dunking on Shyamalan, you know. Just, <laughs> it, it, no matter what we, I like. Honestly, I think the more we talk about, like, the more we record the rest of this year, Shyamalan's always gonna get dunked on a little bit because I like, mean, uh, he he always is. It again. <laughs> this goes back to our original conversation about directors and the freedom of creativity, right? Um, yes. like, it's like I spoke about with Rob Zombie, you know, for instance, like, you know, he, they gave him his free reign. They were like, all right, cool. You can do house of a thousand corpses, you know? Cause, but, but he, he, you know, it took him a while to do that. I think, um, he got a small budget and he did a lot of the work himself being a creative artist before that. So, right. you know, they were like, okay, cool. Let's see what else you do. And then he gave us devil's rejects. And then we were like, wait a minute, let's, everybody, let's pause, because this is fucking, this is greatness over here. But then it was a blip, you know, uh, like a blip in the radar. Uh, but he got the um, the clout to do a lot of shit his way. The thing with him is that he knew who his audience was, and he wasn't trying to overreach, you know? Right, that's a good point, yeah. Like with his new project, uh, uh, The Monsters, right? He knows who he's pandering to, who he's catering for. You know what I mean? Um, He knows that it's like, hey, I'm not reaching out to like, like the mainstream kind of audience over here. Um, He's reaching out to the people who fucking love Rob Zombie. And believe it or not, there's a lot of people who just give him tons of carte blanche, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I, for one, was one of those uh, 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 people. But like, you know, he did um, a lot of duds. His rendition of Halloween wasn't the greatest. I liked the creativity in it. But, uh, you know, he did also, you know, Lords of Salem. He tried his best with the witch story. Yeah, what was it? Lords of Salem. He did 31. Oh, yeah, that's the one. 31 was fucking... 31 and 3 from Hell should be just kind of the same trash. Like, like, it was like he cut the rest of uh of three from hell from the end of 31 or something it, it just it, rob zombie so this all ties into this thing where directors get too much free reign so rob zombie has this thing where as i as i like to call it a, a southern fried you know term he likes to you know pretty much throw everything in a fucking fryer and you know and and it comes out you know with a trailer park and an accent and stuff like that you know it's right. um it's it's getting a little old um this is why i'm kind of scared about the monsters because th- that can easily go that way um especially with him behind the uh, the helm um i know they recently released some um new pictures about costumes and shit and like wardrobe uh, from the show which you know cool but again yeah it, is, is this again i keep forgetting i, I think it's a, a, show? it's a i think it's a movie like yeah like the way he's been talking about it like it's a movie so you know we'll we'll see what happens there but you know it's not always bad to give cre- like directors and creators free reign, especially when they're good at it, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, like Flanagan is, you know. But you know, you can't do that with Shyamalan. Sorry, buddy, he, he, he lost that ticket all like what three movies in, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh shit! But folks, for our main feature today, we have. And only in theaters straight to video <laughs> on demand uh, release uh, from uh, none other than DC. The new Suicide Squad movie by James Gunn. The man behind yeah. uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What was the other one? Super was uh, yeah, also what was a it? dope movie. Guardians, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, Super, Slither. Oh, so, oh we haven't talked and, Slither on this show and he's, ever. he's like so. a... He's a trauma dude too, so it's like it's that wild, is, yeah, he right? Is. And that also explains a lot too. So yeah, because like uh, you know, before we get into it, like the outside context of us even getting this movie was because like oh, he made some like he he made some like yeah, he made some like bad remarks back in like uh, what was it? Way like he made some bad a remarks on Twitter. Ago. Yeah, yeah, back when Twitter was raw like that for everybody. And yeah, like, of course, we don't condone them. And you, like, you say fucked up shit and it's like, come on. Like, but but he's also like, you know, he he like apologized and all that stuff. But then at the same time, like the Guardians of the Galaxy cast, like they had they had vouched for him, too. So, Big you know time. what I mean? So yeah. so it's like it would have been one thing if he had apologized and we're like, ah, OK, whatever. He's a dick and just trying to, like, cover his ass, you know. But, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy cast even, like, were like, no, like, this is stupid, Disney. If you if you get rid of him, we'll go, too. So what happened was Disney ended up firing him over these comments. And WB was like, what, like, a week later was like, yo, come here. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yo, legit, yeah, like, we're like, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, were, they were like, yo, you're free now? You're free from Disney? Come make a movie with us. And he was like, okay. Soon as Disney saw that, as soon as they saw that the Guardians cast were willing to walk out without James Gunn, they're like, "Oh well, 
we want you over here too to finish out Guardians. And so, <laughs> so all of this led to eventually James Gunn giving us his take on the Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know? and, and apparently, before we even get into that, like, apparently they, WB, like, legit, speaking of creators given free reign, they legit offered him Superman, Justice League. They, they offered him, like, everything they could. So they the basically said. Guns. They were like, yeah. yo, you have free reign to our entire arsenal. Like, yeah. we will give you the big guy himself if you yeah. wish it. You know what I mean? <laughs> if if like, he as, wanted as, it. Like, yo, especially, too, because at that time, wasn't Cavill still under contract or something? He right? was. Oh, my yeah. God. But, but listen, but listen. All right. But that being said, that would have been super dope. But I think this was the proper project yeah. for james gunn um Agreed. james gunn has a very very good knack um of um when it comes to working with huge casts and ensembles and teams um he has a good knack of writing good story good dialogue um he knows how to rein everything in as i was saying before you know it can get crazy especially with a lot of characters um especially with a lot of crazy characters like we get even in guardians of the galaxy those characters are definitely out of the ordinary so same as in suicide squad these people are fucking with wild powers and just crazy looks um it can get really b movie real quick but he was able to uh he is actually one of the few that's able to take um a big cast like that and just make this nice fucking framed out puzzle where each and every character in on screen and in the movie plays an integral part in this puzzle and everyone matters you know what i mean it's not like you have just you know this character just to throw him in there it's like no we got these other you know b-list and c-list tier fucking villains you know because they were a distraction they were part of the movie you know what i mean like right. they were part of this plan um of, of a bigger picture and they were yeah they were fodder but they were fodder with a purpose and we always like that here in the on this show um yes we um enjoy a good kill but if a kill has purpose even better and this has that written all over it man like everything in this movie matters for this big puzzle and he did a great fucking job at making sure that everything kind of shined every little bit kind of shined and honestly i think i've seen the movie three times already um yeah, I, I saw it I once in say. theaters yeah. <laughs> I, I saw it once in theaters and twice on hbo max and uh dude like Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's that's a great part. You know, like it, it, I remember like the second time I watched it, like that TDK shit with the, the detachable kid gimmick that even hit even harder. I'm like, that's still fucking hilarious because um, I was able to see closer that, you know, you can see his bones and all that shit like in his, in his arms when he detaches and which yes. which is really cool because it's not just like um a random looking kind of arm you know it's legit you see this like the shoulder socket pop out and you see the meat and stuff so it's like oh this stuff is really thought out and it's really cool to um to actually have seen something so well done and and like every every aspect of the movie seemed to have been really thought out um and really kind of just it laid out very well, very kind of fucking perfectly, man. It's it's a dope movie. It's really great. It's a pay for it. Um, if you don't have HBO Max, I recommend going to the theater to watch it just because of the grand spectacle of everything. And of, and, and of all the people involved, it's always cool to see it on a bigger screen. That way you have a, you know, a nice view of the action, man. How, 
What do you think, Tex? What's up? Yeah, so I saw it on HBO Max, and it's also, like, a pay-for-it on HBO Max. Like, it's one of those things where it's, like, if you haven't used your trial yet, like, sign up for the trial. If you haven't paid for HBO Max, like, do it just for this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's legit that good of a movie. Like, I completely agree with everything. Um, You know, when when James Gunn did the Marvel stuff, he did Guardians of the Galaxy, he did Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, and like those movies are huge, right? Like they, they like they have these like they they came out to like huge responses. Yeah. <laughs> and each and each time I was like, yeah, they were it was good, but you know, like I didn't really hit it in the same way as like compared to Suicide Squad, where like I I've already seen it like like you I've seen it three times since the <laughs> night it came out and before we did this recording. It's just more like you can feel more of James Gunn in it. I think that's what it is, right? Like yes. It's it's Agreed. James Gunn who has been completely unleashed and yes. still like, but he still has the command and control over his own creativity. Because he's know, a fucking professional. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he M. knows. Knight. Right? <laughs> he knows how far he can go and how far is too far. To like make make like a good movie, you know what I yes. mean? Like, yeah, well, yeah. yeah he still got plenty of his raunch in it. He still got a lot of his raunchy humor. He still got a lot of his gore and violence. But like, uh, I, I've said this before. We had conversations about it on the show where, like, I've not like it, it's no mystery that I'm not like a super fan of like ultra gore, you yeah. know. But in a movie like this, it's cr- like it, gore, like it's creative. Creative yeah. gore is different. You know yeah, what I mean? it's like, like cre- in the boys, right? Yes, like where even the, cre- even the boys like to OD, but like in the boys, they have that a creative kind of gore where like it's it's like an interesting kill, and that's why the gore is super cool. You know? Yeah, it's like kills you really only get through comic book characters. Yes. You know, like for example, um, you know, like jumping right into everything. You know, we we've gone full spoilers already, but jumping right into everything. Like, you know, when you see the trailers and you see that one team, like, in front of the American flag, like, I think we said this before, too, talking about the trailer. We're like, oh, that entire team's dead. But, like, no, it turned out to be the case. Like, this is this is the intro to the movie. Yeah. And, yeah, that entire team was basically there to be killed off, you know, and... Like you said, they also serve a purpose, you know, so it wasn't just like, a, oh, he, he just crafted a team of characters just so he could kill them. No, he's, he killed them because Amanda Waller put them there yeah. to serve as a distraction to the main team. But even in that scene alone, like their deaths along with their kills are great. Like, I think uh, I think the standout one of that is Boomerang. You know, we finally get to see Captain Boomerang actually like from the first one. It's the same Jai Courtney's back because yeah. he was great in that first one. And James Gunn realized that, too. You know, and we finally got to see what the boomerangs actually do. <laughs> and, you know, you slice that guy's head off. You cut the other guy's neck. And then and then he dies. But then he also gets a good send off. Right. Like, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, because he gets uh, uh, when uh, Mongal takes down that fucking helicopter, um, uh, like he gets shredded by some trees, like by some tree trunks or whatever you know yeah. and um, he like gets so, to smile and, yeah like, so he's Harley's all like, full of spikes and then like you know the, the helicopter's gonna crash and he's like smiling at harley you know so he definitely gets uh, a good send-off but just um to add what you were saying about to add to what you were saying about james gunn text 
the Warner Brothers that went to James Gunn, you know, is a different Warner Brothers that went to Zack Snyder. You know what I mean? Um, That's true. Yeah. They were like, listen, we know what you've done. We know the money you've brought in. They couldn't say that about Zack Snyder. His movies, what, not his movies, 300 did very well in the box office, but everything else was a dud. You know, so with James Gunn, they were like, dude, we know how much money you've made for the other team over there. We've seen your past indie stuff. What do you want? And on top of that, you can have a rated R if you want. And, yeah, and he was and, like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. You know? Yeah. <laughs> fucking Morty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, like, That's it's, it um, yeah, that rated R, it definitely makes him, you know, stand out. Uh, like, if, if, if you guys haven't seen a James Gunn flick in the past, especially a rated R one, this is it. Like, watch this, you know? Yeah, because like, this is, you're welcome, this is probably the kind best. Of thing, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, this he is probably reigns, the, the yeah. best. The, probably the best way to get into it, right? Like, yeah, because yeah, some agreed. of his other rated R movies are like way harsher than this one. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah for sure. And and like you said, Tex, uh, um, he was able to to kind of go wild, but within this scope, and it was awesome. It's just really awesome. I'm glad he was able to do what he he's able to do. And like you know, and Warner Brothers wasn't afraid to be like, yo, you can. You can fucking do everything but kill the Superman. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, even and even then, and even they then, said right? Superman was in the hospital. Yeah, right? and like, even then, fucking Bloodsport put Superman in the hospital with a bullet, right? With a kryptonite bullet. I mean, I mean come yeah. on, like so. You know, this one, I I think it's technically within the DCEU or whatever it is, but I I'm pretty sure Warner Brothers has moved beyond that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, yeah, because there are some connections to the other Suicide Squad movie. Because you know, you got Margot Robbie as as uh, Harley Quinn still. You had Jai Courtney as Boomerang. Uh, you had Rick Flag. Uh, you had what's uh, Joel Kinnaman, who yeah, Joel you know, Kinnaman. we'll talk we'll we'll talk yeah. about him in a second. But like, you know, you had some carryovers from the other one. You had uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. So, James, yep. like, it was funny because I read that Warner Brothers. He was saying that he didn't have to bring in any of the other characters from the other one. Even so Waller. He, yeah, yeah. Like he he could have like crazy. Did, he could have did something completely different, but he picked he picked and chose like the best parts and then turned it into his own thing. And apparently Will Smith's Deadshot was like almost gonna be in this, you know, but like scheduling and contracts and shit went through. It's it would have been a yeah. yeah, it would have been a different movie, dude. Like, I yeah, think- kind of glad because Will Smith, like, total is total side topic. But Will Smith, like, he, um, he's cool and everything. I respect him as a you know an actor and stuff. But I think he definitely like limits himself, um, uh, big yeah. time. Like, like as to what he's involved with, what um he's visually involved with, and you know what what he's kind of associated with, and it's it's very limiting. Like, I remember, um. Uh, Quentin Tarantino wanted him for Django Unchained. You know what I mean? But, you know, because yes. he, he he didn't want to say the N-word all those times or even curse like that or be cursing up a storm like they do in the movie. Um, you know, he was like, I'm good off that. And, and it's like, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You Like, you, you need something like this. He needs a role like that to be able to give him some fucking cred, dude. You know, some, some extra shit. Like, so, like, back to the bloodshot. Th- I mean, uh, yeah, the, the bloodshot thing. Like in the first Suicide Squad, it, he could have made it his own movie. I think they were 
I think Ayer was trying to do that with him in that movie. Um, right. But again, like the movie itself wasn't that great enough to even warrant a a discussion like that, you know? Yeah, because um, like, because yeah. uh, Ayer Ayer said like his original cuts like this family drama kind of thing, but like. I don't know. It's so what? like botched. Yeah, like he wait, says it's wait, like this. So I don't understand is, that. Yeah, like it's this character family thing. Like that. That's why you see some of it in the in the in the movie. But then like it's so chopped up. But then like also what we get there, it's like eh, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> yeah, basically like I'm curious just, about that. <laughs> yeah, but just going back to the good Suicide Squad, like. Compared to the to Suicide all, Squad. Yeah, like, compared to all that, compared to the Will Smith of it all, like, here you have a cast that, like, completely trusts Gunn's vision. You have, like, you have a studio that completely trusts his vision and who gives him, like, the money to pull it off, you know? Like, yeah. and, and the comic book shit to pull it off, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, agreed. Yeah, like, yeah, the Suicide Squad has, like, B-list, like, intentionally, like, D-list characters, like... Polka Dot Man and Bloodsport and Peacemaker, dudes we people we've never heard of before, right? Legit. But then, and then it's got like a D tier villain like Starro the Conqueror in it. But like <laughs> Starro's like the most comic booky fucking thing like ever, ever really, right? <laughs> in one of these movies, right? Yeah. Like, I th- and then compare that to like all the violence and stuff we get in it, bringing it back, like making this world dude like it's it feels good it's just a good fucking world and i think that's why we kept going back to it i think that's why we both have seen it like multiple times yeah because it's just it's it's it's, it was fun to watch it legit it was fun to watch it did have its um it did have its slow points um in the middle of the movie it was a little slow when everything was kind of trying to you know uh just a ramp up to the final stage of the, you know, like of the plan. Um, it was a little slow. Uh, I do have to admit uh, it is a little bit over two hours. I think the movie could have been a little shorter, but the slow parts are character building things that um, that are actually a necessary evil, you can say. Yeah, um, yeah, because I agree. It, it adds to the character and then the the characters get more endeared to you so it has a point but it did because it it starts off crazy hype kind of action and then it kind of dies down you know but then it brings you back up at the end for sure but that middle part dragged a little bit especially with the length of the movie but that that third act though totally makes it you have about an hour of action pretty much and that whole that whole third act is about an entire hour um yeah like once once thing like i completely agree like like you said it's it's a thing where you do have to you do have to recognize it like as critics, right? Like as yeah. wannabe critics like us, where we do have to recognize that yes, the middle section does drag because it has some it's weird pacing, but it's also necessary evil pacing. Cause it's yeah. like they he takes the time to because he's got a lot of characters to balance. You know, he's got exactly. a lot of characters yep. during all this time, yeah, we get to know more about each of them and what and then like Speaking of that middle section, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie overall is when they're in the bus and Bloodsport speaks to Ratcatcher too. You know, and they're they're talking about their past, and she's yeah. like, well, "Why are you afraid of rats?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I don't. At least I don't have daddy issues." And then it it starts off like that, but then it turns into like this huge emotional thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
it turns into where Ratcatcher talks about how her father like had a drug overdose, and it's like yeah. it, her her father Taika Waititi, you know, fucking who just also like, making that kudos, bank. He's fucking everywhere. That dude for him, dude. Kudos to him for popping up and like doing some choice shit, right? Like, and then he gets a good line at the end too. Like, I'm like, God, like, yeah, right, exactly. I know, uh, like, I'm tang- uh, going tangential a bit on that, but, like, that's another good thing that James Gunn does. Like, there's always that little bit of heart, too. Yeah, like, yeah, especially that, that that conversation is wild between the two of them, because she's like, oh, you know, he he fell to his, like, she didn't actually say addiction, you know what I mean? But you see, like, the, you see it in the window. It's very well done. It's tastefully done, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? She says, like, he was, he was, um, he like suffocated under his own burden or some shit like that. Like the way she says it, it was like pretty dope. Yeah. But then, but but then, yeah, then he, yeah, then he, like he shows what happens, you know? And then with, with blood sport, he's like, yeah, I was locked in a box. And then, but all of this stuff like is done with a purpose too. Like you said, it's necessary evil, but like, it's also not just there to be random character conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all these conversations actually play into the rest of the movie. Like everything plays into everything else. It's kind of wild. Like looking back on it, like watching it again, you're like, oh, he made sure to have a uh, blood sport talk about the rat box because, you know, the rats, like the whole thing yeah. with rats is, it, it was is like, his character arc. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's like, his whole kind of thing. It kind of reminds me of the flow of the movie Snatch from Guy Ritchie from back in the day. Where yes. like where everything kind of ties into like and you're like oh shit that's what he said earlier about the small bullets and blah 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 you know what I mean yes um and uh, uh like again it was that's well done and you were talking about Bloodsport and and certain conversations one in particular was his first convo with Amanda Waller which was super fucking intense where you have yeah. these two fucking pretty much we have an Oscar winner and an Oscar nominee you know, just going at it pretty much it's it's not long and it's not drawn out it's not a long conversation but those couple of minutes where they interact in that office where she's like hey like I need you on this team or I'm going to put your daughter in jail, blah, 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 blah. No, right? not even that. He, she was no, like, no. I'm going to kill your daughter. Yeah. Listen, like, yes, yes. I wasn't going to go all there, but yes. No, no. Like, but <laughs> and, and she pretty much said, listen, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to make sure that your daughter goes to prison for stealing. Um, first, I want to make sure your daughter gets tried as an adult, first of all, right? To make sure she lands in this same prison you're in where frail things like her will not last. That's legit what she fucking said. Yeah, you know, this like, guy grabbed a fucking pen. It's like, you threatening my daughter? You know, and I was like, <laughs> oh shit. Dude, like that moment, just that in itself, that confrontation there was so intense. And it was just so awesome just seeing these two actors like that, dude. And Amanda Waller's like, fucking stand down. Stand down. This is yeah. for the protection of the United States. Stand down. Yo, like, that shit was fucking awesome, dude. It's like, speaking of Viola Davis's Amanda Waller, like, we finally get, like, the full fucking, like, we that's finally the get Amanda, Amanda, dude, that's this is the Amanda, Amanda Waller. Waller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. anyone who's read a comic book, because that's where she stands out the most. You won't see, you know, the, the real version of her until you see this movie, actually, anywhere else, right? So, yeah, because even, yeah. even in, like, the Justice League cartoons, like, even no, then, yeah, like, she was yeah, intense, it, but she was, it's like, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, she was a stone-cold bitch there, but, dude, when like, you read the comic like, books, yeah. you are... 
you're given this perspective of like, holy shit, this woman will do absolutely anything and everything to get her mission done. She legit has that mentality um, of, hey, you got to, by any means necessary, this is for the protection of the United States. You know what I mean? Like, that's her mentality. Like, you know, men, women, and children doesn't matter. This is why her and Peacemaker fucking click so well. <laughs> um, yes. And um, it's it's fucking awesome to see like Viola Davis finally get to unleash that properly on screen because yes she she did her best with the first um Suicide Squad she was the best thing in that movie um but like again script issues and I don't know you know director issues I don't know what happened over there but you know she finally got a fucking a nice beefy fucking script over here a beefy you know a, a situation where she can just you know tear the hell out of anyone and you get that all throughout and it, i i want more of amanda waller i want yeah. more of like you know it'd be cool just to fucking you know just have her be that character in any version of suicide squad you know that'd be great yeah like this yeah the great the great thing about suicide squad in general as a concept too is that like any of these characters that survived at the end could pop up in any of the future movies, you know, and we'll be, we'll be all fine with it. You know what I mean? Like, like going down the list of like, yeah, as we're breaking down characters, like uh, Idris Elba's great. Like I was, I was actually going to bring up, I'm like, why hasn't he been in a comic book movie? But I'm like, wait a minute. He was in Thor. And (laughs) that's right. He's Marvel. Yeah. (laughs) But like Marvel completely wasted him. Like you watch him here. Like you watch him have Listen, a great time. He got you know that I mean? like, easy, easy money with Thor, <laughs> dude. It was a he check. wasn't. Like, what, he wasn't all three movies, right? Yeah, he, yes, he, he, he was in Ragnarok to like. He, yeah, he was in Ragnarok to like like for like a second too, and then I think he dies. But like that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's so much like what a waste. Like you see him get wasted there, and then you see him in this one fucking WBDC movie. And it's like, Oh, you know what? This is what you want to do. Yeah. That's what James Gunn probably said too. He was like, yo, Marvel fucking wasted you bro. in Thor. And he was like, listen, he's like, listen, I just got that money real quick. All right. That was nothing. (laughs) Uh, Again, like he, like he should be the next James Bond. I'm not sure why that's not being done. Yeah, That's, um, because that is weird that, he has not been like, considered uh, for it. Yeah, as you see him like in these action roles, like yo, the dude can get it, dude. He, he you know, he's in. He's in. He's it to win. clearly, he's clearly yeah. got it right. Like, like ever since, even um, you remember um, what was that movie? Um, fuck, it's it was uh, with uh, another comic book iteration, another DC Vertigo iteration. I think it was even, or was it Marvel? I forget. I think it was DC. It was um with uh, Zoe Saldana, which is hilarious. Chris Evans was, was in it as well. Oh, the Losers. Yes, the losers. Yeah, that was a yeah, comic book too. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, uh, the losers awesome is just a good movie. That's just yeah. a good movie, man. Yo, uh, again, it's funny. You have Captain America in there. You have fucking uh, Gamora in there. He had all of them before they were big. Like yeah, it's wild yeah. too. And, and he was great in that movie too. Like he's been a consistent thing. Um, and I'm glad he's getting this shine now in Suicide Squad because he deserves it. Um, he's awesome in the movie. Viola Davis is awesome in the movie. John Cena is fucking, Look, you know, he, he does we, work in this movie, dude. Dude, we've we've talked about John Cena before and we've said like, oh, you know, he can like he's done these crazy roles before. Like Blockers, Blockers was a, like if if you haven't seen Blockers, everybody, you should check that one out. Like John Cena I Cena's haven't great. seen that yet. I, I haven't I, seen Blockers yet. I have to see I it. I definitely recommend that. He he is like on he's on fire in that movie. But like nice. Here it's like, God, he, 
you like it's basically you couldn't imagine like someone else from the WWE playing this kind of dude. You know what I mean? Like he's so good at being this peacemaker. And, like, just seeing, like, his character in this movie, it's like, oh, that's why you got a show. Yeah. Like, oh, this is why. He's like, perfect G- for that role. It's such a jaw scene. Like, that's a, Peacemaker's such a wrestling gimmick as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I think it, it fits him so well. Because it's such a, like, a wrestling thing. Even, like, you know, the getup and the suit and shit. Like, yes. his attire. Everything. The, the character is... This crazy, exaggerated patriot, you know what I mean? Um, and that's exactly what, like, a wrestler a gimmick is, you know? So John Cena knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew exactly, uh, um, like, w- w- what to do. And he, he's this fucking peacemaker. That's that's it. You're, you're sorry, buddy. You're peacemaker now, dude. Like, yeah, like, like, he's, I, like he's great, with, that, with that funny fucking a toilet bowl helmet, quote-unquote, right? They keep calling it, right? Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, text that line where where fucking Bloodsport tells him oh I think you should go eat a bag of dicks you know (laughs) oh and he's like I'll eat all these dicks on this beach if someone told me to for peace or if it was for America and and then Ratcatcher she's like but who would put all these penises on the beach (laughs) (laughs) and and then then I think Justin goes like I don't know but somebody crazy (laughs) dude but like one of my favorite lines is when he's like um yeah, the when they're when oh the best scene in the movie I think overall is when he and Bloodsport are doing that fucking contest of like oh, killing the dudes. Best, so good, and it's a twisted scene too because it's like you get the joke at the end that yeah. they, oh these were all the good guys you <laughs> yeah. know, but then like it's great they're killing everybody but then you know the whole was it Bloodsport says oh you didn't kill him non lethal and he's like oh what was it exploding compression bullets yeah and, then, and, the yeah, and he says why would you sh- torso explodes yeah and he's like why would you show off like that and he's like oh, I would show off when it's dope as fuck and like <laughs> yeah and just, like, I was like he's like fuck that's true man yeah it's the delivery of it it's like the like it's everything that works and like and it's wild because you're like, oh, John's like every character. You're like, oh, they steal the movie. They steal the movie. But it's like, no, not really, because then it's like you have John Cena being good. You, but then you have like Margot Robbie being good as Harley Quinn, too. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. Um, I, uh, just real quick with uh, going back to that favorite scene of yours um, with John Cena and Bloodsport killing where and John Cena just like, you know, when they're doing that. A side by side shot, and then you see John Cena just chop up this dude who's sleeping in a hammock oh, room, yeah. and he leaves yeah. the axe on the guy and just walks away. That's that was fucking awesome. But yeah, so Margot Robbie though, as um as Harley Quinn, this is what her third iteration of the character, right? Yes. Um, I think she's cool in this movie. Um, I'm glad it's not a very Harley centric kind of movie because I kind yeah. of. I'm, I'm a little tired of all that in-your-face Harley shit. And I think it seems like she's kind of a little tired of that, too. She she plays her side role well. She's given some lines that are, like, kind of, eh, you know? Like, I think it's just kind of lines that somebody just throws. Like, oh, you got to throw that in there because it's Harley. You know, like that um, when it's raining, she's like, oh, it's like it's, uh, when angels are splooging all over us. And eh. she's like, oh, like, in the beginning, she's like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I was taking a number two. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, it's it's try hard, right? Where, but then like it's but try then, hard, but you know what you know, you know what though? It's try hard, but it's it's like okay, let's move on. It's it's easily like pass by. Like they don't overthink that line on either of those occasions. Like they don't even acknowledge her. 
<laughs> on That's those true. occasions if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, because with the rain one, like Bloodsport, he's just like, oh, it also makes good cover. And yeah, he just, it's, like, it's, like, yeah it's good cover. Then he just walks away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's you're right. Like, she she does intentionally get thrown to the side, you know, but but I get why. Like, in retrospect, like, in watching it three different times, you're like, oh, her energy would have thrown off the whole fucking thing. Right? Yeah, so because like, oh, Harley have is- her. Exactly. Have her go do her own thing. You know, she's wild and all that stuff. And it does result in that great scene of her saving herself, you know, and the whole thing where where it's like we get to see how much her character has grown since that first Suicide Squad, where she's like, yeah, I can see the problems in men now. And she's like, you know, red flags and shit like that. (laughs) That was so great, too, because it's like this other dictator trying to take over the island. And and, and he's like, oh, uh, I want to marry you, Harley, because you're like the anti-American representation or something. That's such a it's a dumb idea. But then it also works because it's like because Harley's all for it until he's like he starts talking about it. Right. Yeah. So he until he starts saying something about killing children. Right. Yeah, which which is a great little through line. Like as we talk about like how everything's tied in together, like one of the cool little through lines between all of it is that like killing kids is like that level of morality. It's killing kids was it dropped throughout like everything, you know, because, yeah, these are villains and they kill people, you know, whenever they feel like. But at the same time, like killing kids is where they all draw the line. And that's why it's like, oh, Amanda Waller seemed even more brutal. You know what I mean? Yes, she was like, you're ab- dude, you're absolutely right. Like it was um, as you mentioned, it was sprinkled all throughout the movie. And the, the, the ones who didn't care about killing kids were the ones who were like the real bad guys and had to be stopped. Like, as you mentioned, Amanda Waller, she had to be hit with a club on the head before she freaking like, you know, it did drastic things, you know, uh, but she d- didn't care about killing kids. Um, but that's even where Harley drew the line. This is why she shot that president dude. Like mm-hmm. this is where uh, um, uh, flag drew the line, you know, cause there were kids involved, Ratcatcher too, like everyone except obviously peacemaker. But, um, um, that seemed to have been a, a line where they where it wouldn't be crossed and that was cool because it gave you like okay cool these are still people you know they're not yeah total monsters you know yeah because as we've talked about in our show before like a true sign of like horror or like evil evil is killing kids and so on our scale when you kill a kid in a movie it's like oh okay that's an automatic plus because it's like this is the kind of horror you're going for but it's like it's good to see that that line exists in the Suicide Squad. You know what I mean? Where yes, it's like exactly. They won't cross that line. So there's still some of that good that you can root for. This carries over to like even the like the newer additions to the cast, like like the ones you would consider like quote unquote bit players, like Nanawe, uh King Shark, yeah. who, you know, first of all, fucking uh, Sylvester Stallone, man, like <laughs> God, like not only is James Gunn like keeping Stallone around, you know, because he he's been putting him in like he put him in like Guardians of the Galaxy two and all that stuff. Like, not only is that, but like Stallone kills it. Like, it's just a good voice. He he plays that dumb stuff very well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, it's great. And then it, you, it, yeah, it was his version of Groot. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, it, that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. It's their version. Like it's it's the new Groot. You know what I mean? But you get a little bit more with King Shark because not only does King Shark look better, honestly, 
Like, you get those really good close-ups of, like, the skin and, like, you know, there was one in particular, like, when uh, when he falls off the Jotunheim Tower, I thought he died. Because, like, because at that point, they're all dying and stuff. So I was like, oh, you know. Like, but even, like, all that stuff, um, they uh, they did that well because you thought, like, that they were all going to bite it in Jotunheim. But they yes. made it past that. Like, the, the, that's the awesome part about the climax, too, that it was such... It was a lot, but it was all like, just, just I'll take it. It was all very well done in terms of like the pacing and the weaving of the timeline that they had because they went forward and then they went backward. Um, and it was just all very well done. Yeah, th- that last hour was just pure action. Like, yep. it's just like once they got to Jotunheim, like that was it. Like it was just go, 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 go. And you still had smaller moments in it that were still character moments too, like Ratcatcher, um, Daniela Melchior, I believe that's how you say her name, or I'm probably mispronouncing it, but I want to see her in more stuff. Like, she kind of, like, she killed this shit. Like, I was like, yeah, wow, was awesome. like, Agreed. I was like, who is this? And she killed it. And then you have Polka Dot Man, uh, David uh, Dalmatian, I believe that's his name. Uh, He's been around for mis- a bit. You remember him from Dark Knight? Remember? Yes. He's been <laughs> in that. He's been in, like, the Flash TV show. He's been in Marvel stuff. Like, He's been around, but here I was like, oh, you're great here. I was like, I see why you're here. You know what I mean? Like, But it all goes back to what you're saying, Arturo. It's everything was very methodically put together. And while there is a part that drags in the middle, it all ends up becoming necessary because it all just plays into that final act. It makes it hit harder. Like, even the javelin. You have a one-off javelin joke. Like, it starts off as a joke, you know what I mean? That he's just like, I I need you to carry my javelin for me, you know, after he dies. And it turns into the thing that, like, helps him kill Starro. You know what I mean? But then, like, in that finale, you have such a James Gunn thing where it's, like, this peaceful music. You have that good-looking scene of Harley where she's in the water. But then yeah. she's, like, smiling and looking at rats gnawing on fucking and on an eyeball. You know what I mean? That like, it's great. such... That's such a horror-filled image. You know what I mean? It's so twisted, but putting my cap on this, I'm like, man, what a great time. It's just a... It, yeah. What a, yeah, just, it's just a good fucking movie. I've seen movie. it, like, once a day since it came out, you know? <laughs> so um, it's just a fun movie to watch. You can even watch it in the background. And, yeah, it's... I, I can't say any any more positive things about it. Go watch it. I thank you for joining us on episode 76. 77, right? I forget. It was such a good conversation. I forgot what episode we were on. But yeah. thank you so much for joining us, folks. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go to the website. Uh, go check us out where you get all your podcasts. Uh, thank you, Glenn, for the music. Thank you, Dell, for the artwork. Um, again, if you don't want to go to the movie theater, it's right on HBO Max. This is one to actually try it for. It's fun. It's not kid-friendly, so I wouldn't say try it fun for the whole family, but it's a heck of a fucking time, folks. Um, and once again, it's a scary world out there, but we're here to walk you through it. <laughs> <laughs>